Well, good morning, friends. I'd like to say uh, just a word of uh, condolence to the Caldwell family. Surely I'm sorry for your loss. And I pray that God's grace meets you uh, today and in all these days ahead. It's always a joy to be here in, uh, in Moore Memorial in this sanctuary. I, I think if there were to be a list of the top five prettiest sanctuaries in the Mississippi Conference, uh, not only would this sanctuary be on the list, I believe it would be at the top of the list. This is an um, incredible place to worship. The, the majesty of this room reminds us and points us toward the majesty of God. And I'm always glad to, to be in this room, whether it's for worship or for a meeting, um, but it's good to be here with, with you. The campus minister in me wants to say thank you to you as a congregation for your support of the campus ministry line item in the mission shares of the Mississippi Annual Conference. When you support that campus ministry line item, you're supporting campus ministry at Mississippi State and Ole Miss and, uh, and about 20-something other colleges and universities around Mississippi. We're there on your behalf. And I just wanted to say a word of thanks for your support in that way. Well, this morning, Scripture is from Mark 1. Mark chapter 1, beginning with verse 40. Mark 1, 40 through 42. So a man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. And moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. A few remarkable um, places in these three verses. One, the, the boldness of this leper to approach Jesus, begging to be healed. He came already sure of Jesus' ability, but not yet sure of Jesus' heart or willingness to help him in his situation. And it says that Jesus was moved with compassion. In other translations, it says Jesus was moved with pity or Jesus was moved with indignation. Or one even says that Jesus was incensed. Now let's be clear, Jesus was not indignant or incensed toward the leper because of his situation or, or for, because he was asking. Um, Jesus felt pity. Jesus was indignant because of the desperation, the brokenness that that leper was experiencing. You see, that's not the way things are supposed to be. Jesus felt pity and compassion on the man in that situation. Well, Jesus answered the man's concern. I know he's able. I don't know if he's willing. Jesus answered that concern emphatically by saying, I am willing. Be healed. And he was. I thank God for the, the beautiful truth of the touch of Jesus in these three verses from Mark 1. You know, Jesus 
would not have been very good at social distancing. The six-foot rule would have hit him hard. He was a man with the people, um, sometimes in crowds, sometimes in small groups, but Jesus was a man who was with people. Uh, physical distancing would not have come easily to Jesus. Frequently, he touched people. And if you think about Jesus' miracles, in so many of his miracles, Jesus touched someone or something. Think about it. Peter was sinking into the stormy sea. What did Jesus do? He reached out a hand and he took Peter by the hand and he pulled him up. There was a blind man who, who would not be blind much longer because Jesus reached out and touched him. And not only did Jesus touch him, but he did another thing that violated the pandemic rules. He used his spit applied to the man's eyes to heal him of his blindness. And then there's the time when Jesus fed the multitudes. He broke the rule of touching somebody else's food. Fish and bread were brought to Jesus and he multiplied that in, into enough to feed thousands. And in the miracle story that we just read today from Mark 1, there is close proximity and there's even physical contact between Jesus and this man that we now know as a former leper. This story breaks all the coronavirus rules. And after a year of, of limited contact and after a year of social distancing, this is a really good time for us to remember the touch of Jesus, the miracle that came, the miracles that come from the touch of Jesus. This morning we're taking a look at one of Jesus' socially undistanced miracles. Now to set the stage for this, let me tell you a couple of things. First, Desperation is always the starting place for miracles. When Jesus performed the miracle of water to wine at a wedding, the desperation was that, that they were running out and the family, the host, was about to be shamed for running out in the middle of the reception. There was desperation that preceded that miracle. In her study of Jesus' miracles, preacher and author Jessica Legrone has noticed a pattern that preceding every miracle, someone is desperate. Desperation is the prerequisite for a miracle of Jesus. The good news, desperation is not a dead end. Or to put it another way, when you're at the end of your rope, you're not at the end of your hope. Desperation is the starting place for miracles. A second thing of note is this, that a miracle is meant to be a sign of more to come and not just a cheap party trick and not even just a quick fix, but a miracle, the miracle of Jesus. The miracles of Jesus are meant to be signs of more to come. In the Gospel of John, when John writes about miracles, he doesn't use the word miracle, he uses the word signs to say that these miraculous acts were not ends in and of themselves. Rather, they were signs pointing toward what's coming. And what's coming is the new creation for all creation. So right here in our story, in Mark 1.40, we see the miracle story that's about one person, a leper who is desperate. 
And he comes to Jesus and he finds Jesus to be willing and able, both strong and loving. This story is about him. But this story is about all of us. This story is about humanity. It's, this story is about the reality that all of humanity is desperate. All of us. And we all find Jesus to be willing and able, strong and loving, grace and truth for our desperation. But if we could zoom the focus in on each one of us individually, on you and on me, we would see the truth that yes, I am desperate. You, in your own ways, are desperate. And you and I find Jesus to be strong and able, strong and loving, able and willing, grace and truth. We find that when our desperation meets Jesus' willing and ableness, that a miracle happens. The result is a miracle. So I want to leave you with five details, five takeaways that I hope you will pack up and take home with you into the rest of this day and into the days ahead. The first is this. I am as desperate as this leper. I am as desperate as this leper. To borrow the, um, the idea from an old country song, uh, this leper was socially distanced when socially distancing wasn't cool. Um, Consider the leper's desperation as a way to understand our own. This, les this leper was physically, socially, and spiritually desperate. He was physically desperate in that he was sick. He was socially desperate in that he was isolated from the people that he longed to be with. And he was spiritually desperate because he was quarantined from very access to God, his creator, in, their, in the religious ways of their, of their day. He was desperate. Some words and phrases that describe him that, that may, may describe your desperation. He was hopeless, helpless, at a dead end at the end of his rope. He was powerless, contaminated, tainted, lost, shamed, vulnerable, unworthy, unclean, isolated, untouchable, avoidable, invisible. Do you relate to his desperation? If you were to fill in the blank... What would you put there? I am desperate about blank. This morning, what is the desperation that you feel? Desperation is what Jesus was talking about when he said, blessed are the poor in spirit. I like the way the message puts that. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope because with, more, with less of you, there's more room for God and His rule. Hey, let's remember that Jesus sees a dimension to our desperation that we don't always see. For example, in Mark 2, next chapter over, there's the story of four friends who were desperate for their friend, a paralyzed guy who was desperate because he was paralyzed. So these four friends brought their friend to Jesus. This is a story where they cut the hole in the roof and lowered him down in front of Jesus. But in a strange twist in this story, Jesus forgives the paralyzed man. Jesus forgives the paralyzed man. 
They must have scratched their heads and thought, well, Jesus, wrong, wrong miracle, wrong trick. We came because of the paralysis. We didn't really want to get into all of that. But Jesus knew that this paralyzed man needed more than mobility. Jesus knew that he had more to give to this paralyzed man than mobility. Jesus saw the deeper need and he reached in and he touched that deeper need. That's the dimension of this man's desperation that, that his friends didn't see, but Jesus did. So this morning, would you be bold to ask Jesus to touch you at a place that's even deeper than the desperation you know you feel? Would you ask Jesus, would you be bold to ask Jesus to touch you at that deeper place than you're even aware of? We all need this healthy desperation because until we're honest with Jesus and until we're honest with ourselves about our own desperation, then we will never know Him like we want to know Him and we'll never experience from Him all that He desires for us to experience of Him. So this morning, what makes you feel helpless? or invisible, or isolated. The end of your rope is not the end of your hope. Desperation is not a dead end. It's the starting place for a miracle. So the first takeaway that I have for you is that we're as desperate as the leper. Let's own that. And then the second is this, and I believe this with all my heart, that when desperation meets Jesus, a miracle always happens. When desperation meets Jesus, a miracle always happens. Jesus is as willing as He is able. He's as able as He is willing. And the word for that is compassion. Care in action. And Jesus has compassion to offer, which is real help from a place of deep care, and that's what our desperation finds in Jesus. E. Stanley Jones has this quote that I love. We do not have to overcome God's reluctance. We do not have to overcome God's reluctance. We have only to grasp God's highest willingness because there's nothing about God that's reluctant to help. God who is able is willing and compassionate. Now to say that Jesus is willing is not some passive go along with whatever kind of willingness. It's a strong willingness. It's an active willingness in which Jesus wills God's goodness into our experience. In which Jesus wills into being God's good intentions for our lives. This is the willingness of Jesus. So honest desperation opens the door into your life. Jesus walks in, He sets up shop, and He goes to work. And the miraculous happens. This is also what we call the work of the Holy Spirit. And there's a detail that I love in another miracle story that helps us to understand Jesus' willingness to get involved. It's over in Luke 7. It's the miracle story where Jesus raises to life the son, the only son of a widow mother. 
The thing that I love about the story is that nobody asked Jesus to get involved. He just did. Nobody begged him to come. He just got involved. It happened like this. Jesus and his, and his crew were coming along this way. And there was a funeral procession coming along this way. And when the two crowds met, Jesus realized what was going on. He saw the grieving mother. And his heart went out to her. His compassion went out to her. And he reached out and he touched the stretcher on which the boy lay. And life came back into the boy. And the widow mother was given back her only son. A beautiful story just in the fact of what happened. But I love that detail that nobody asked Jesus to get involved that day. He just did. He saw the need and his compassion flowed. And Jesus sees the need in your life. And his compassion flows in your direction. When desperation meets Jesus, a miracle always happens. A third takeaway. This miracle that always happens, this miracle sometimes solves the situation, but it always strengthens and soothes the desperation. There are two general ways that we experience a miracle. Two general ways that we experience a miracle. One is the miracle of a problem solved or a problem being solved. And that's our favorite. That's the one we pray for. That's the one we ask for the most. That's the one we long for and ache for. The miracle of a problem solved or a problem being solved. And that is reality. One-fifth of the pages of the Gospels relate to miracles of Jesus. There are 3,779 uh, verses in the Gospels. And of those, 727 of them relate to the miracles of Jesus, proving the point that Jesus is into solving problems then and now. There's the miracle of a solved problem or a problem being solved. So make your request before our God. And then there's the miracle of the presence of Jesus in the midst of a not yet solved problem. The miracle of the presence of Jesus in the midst of a not yet solved problem. This is the miracle of my grace is sufficient for you. This is the miracle of my power is perfected in weakness. This is the miracle of when I'm weak, then I'm strong. The miracle of the presence of Jesus in the midst of a not yet solved problem. Imagine this alternate ending to the story in Mark 1. That, that even if the touch of Jesus had not physically healed this leper, it would have healed him emotionally, socially, and spiritually. It would have made all the difference. And he would have walked away feeling like a healed man. Even if he weren't healed of the leprosy. The old saying goes, sometimes he calms the storm, Sometimes He calms the storm in me. So this morning, would you offer both? Offer your storm to the one who calms storms. Offer the storm in you to the one whose grace is always enough. 
fourth takeaway for you this morning is this. Jesus is more contagious than leprosy. Jesus is more contagious than the leper. Jesus' holy wholeness is more contagious than this man's leprosy. When, when Jesus touched the man, Jesus didn't contract leprosy. And the man contracted Jesus. He was touched by Jesus' holy wholeness. And when Jesus reaches in and touches your desperation, He doesn't suddenly feel stressed or anxious or fearful. When Jesus touches your desperation, He doesn't suddenly feel hopeless or helpless or isolated. When Jesus touches your desperation, you feel His compassion. You experience grace through His touch. Because Jesus is more contagious than our desperation. And then this, one last takeaway for you. It's the miracle of Jesus' transcendence and eminence. Transcendence. Transcendence is, is a theological term that, that means that God is other than, higher than, different from, on a whole other level from us. And transcendence means that Jesus is omnipotent and eternal and strong and able. Transcendence. The other theological term is eminence. Eminence. Theological term that means that God is near, close, familiar, accessible. Eminence means that Jesus is in touch with your desperation because he lived through some desperate moments of his own. He knows what it's like. He knows how it feels. And he's willing to help and compassionate toward your circumstances. So the miracle of Jesus's socially undistanced touch and presence, the miracle of Jesus's touch and presence bring together the transcendence and eminence of God. The touch of Jesus is the convergence of the transcendence and the eminence of God. Jesus' touch brings the power of God into the circumstances of your life. Jesus' touch brings the grace of God into the desperation of your situation. And that is nothing less than miraculous. So what do we do with this? What now? May I leave you with this? Would you follow the pattern of this man that we now know as the former leper? Follow his pattern by one, owning your desperation. As the leper came to Jesus, he fell on his feet. But he also came boldly to the one he knew could help. Come humble and come bold. Second, own your desperation. Be honest and vulnerable. Naming your desperation doesn't make you any more vulnerable. It only makes you honest. And it opens the door for compassion to flow in. Come humble and bold. Own your desperation. And finally, reach out to the able and willing one. Reach out to the one who is 
able and willing, who is now reaching out to touch you. May we pray about this together. Thank you, God, for the way we know you through the way we see Jesus in this story. Thank you for the, the strength and the ability that you have to heal and to help and to command. And thank you for the willingness, the heart, the love, the grace to be involved in our situations and in our circumstances. Holy Spirit, as, as we feel our own particular personal desperation today, as we name that to you now, would you flow in with comfort, with compassion, with strength, with help, with healing? This we pray and trust in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.